Hi, friends. I know it's been a long time, and that is entirely my fault. And I will explain everything. Um, <clears throat> it's just me. It was supposed to be me and Liz. Everything's fine with me and Liz. Uh, I have just been in a deep depression um, for the last couple months, dealing with depression and anxiety and some health stuff um, that has like given me more anxiety. Uh, so the idea of sitting down and doing a podcast, uh, like really officially has seemed uh, insurmountable. And I, I mean, there's no rational reason for it. It's really just, it's depression, right? It's when something you love to do suddenly becomes the last thing you want to do. So I know you guys have been waiting I'm sorry that this happened the way it's happened, but I'm here and we're going to talk about baby talk and maybe more of the shit that's been bothering me. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember the last time I did a solo episode. It's been a long time. Also, I apologize because I am on my couch because I got like a burst of energy and I wanted to use it on this and I didn't want to do all the setup. Um, but my neighbor mows his fucking lawn every single day. So you might hear that. But anyway, we're going to talk about baby talk. Uh, there's not much at the top of the show. All I will say is please send in your legendary moments for canning Randy. Caitlin and I are taping next week. Um, so get those in as soon as you can. And we are going to do our best to get back on a schedule. I'm feeling better. Um, starting to feel better. I have, um, like I'm on meds for my anxiety. Um, so that's been wiping me out on top of the depression, but everything's starting to like level out now. So, um, we're going to record next week. Uh, so make sure you send in your legendary moments for canning Randy. Great episode. And we're going to bang through this one because baby talk to me is like, you can lift it out. You know, you can lift it right out. I mean, it's nice to see Stuart and Claudia, but meh, you know, so we're going to talk about it together. Um, and Caitlin next week will tell us all about her time with Carter Bays because they got to see each other in person at his book signing and reading in Connecticut. Um, and I have a huge family story that I have been dying to tell Caitlin, but Caitlin was on vacation and then we didn't record for a while. And I really want her live reaction to it. So um, I'm going to share it here. Uh, it is a story that is breaking news in my family that um, not everybody knows, but no one that I actually know listens to this podcast. So you guys are going to get the scoop before people in my actual family do. I thought that that would be a nice present, uh, given everything that's happened. I'm also not going to make you guys sit through, Ooh, I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> I'm also not going to make you guys sit through the whole spiel about Patreon and all that stuff today. Um, I know we haven't been doing anything on there because I haven't been doing anything on any of this. So um, that's another thing we really want to get back to. I'm at a place where 
the year is winding down. I don't want to make any promises. So we're just going to try to put out this episode as consistently as possible. I'm so grateful to you all for listening, for sticking around, uh, for being concerned for us. Um, but just know this was all my fault. Everything is fine with Caitlin. Everything is fine with me and Caitlin. Everything is fine with me and Liz. It is literally just, uh, and Caitlin knows this too. I am the engine behind this show. So if I shut down, everything shuts down and that's how it is. I, I tend to take on more than I, than I should. Uh, and sometimes it bites me in the ass and sometimes I just completely shut down. So that's where we are. We're dealing with it. We're having a great time. Uh, we are here. We're going to do this episode and I already feel lighter knowing that I've started. So let's get into baby talk. I hope you don't mind. It's just me talking for like an hour. It probably won't be an hour. Okay. So, uh, this is season six, episode six, baby talk. It first aired on October 25th, 2010. So almost exactly 12 years ago. Uh, our writer is Joe Kelly which is a name I don't recognize. I'm going to just quickly look this up and see if he's written anything else. This is usually Caitlin's job. Shout out to her. He's written a couple episodes a season. He wrote The Bracket. He wrote The Naked Man. He wrote Murtaugh, which is one of the best episodes, I think. Um, and he has a couple more coming up. He does Symphony of Illumination, which is an amazing episode, as we know, um, and also The Magician's Code. So he's got some good ones in the bank. This is just such a of an episode, I think. We'll see what you all think. There's a ton of legendary moments at the end. Of course. Of course I'm getting a call right now. Hang on one second. And we're back. Liz was calling me from work. That's what happened there. Um, all right. So baby talk, Joe Kelly, he's got some good ones, uh, in the past. Pam Fryman is our fabulous director as always. So let's get into it. Uh, first off we see the fabulous Stuart and Claudia in the cold open. They clearly have not really made much progress on their issues. They're still fighting a lot. Uh, sounds like Stuart is drinking again. They have a great, you know, back and forth about about the kid and everything. And they've just had a baby. And Lily and Marshall visit them at their house. And they're home with the baby, but the baby still doesn't have a name. Which is pretty, as far as I know, at least in the U.S., pretty unconventional to leave the hospital without having named your baby. So they just must have be, I mean, in classic Stuart and Claudia fashion, just really in it, in it trying to figure out what this baby's name is and just fighting constantly um my favorite line in this is Stuart saying don't knock the vodka wouldn't have a kid without it and then we see that uh Marshall and Lily are like we won't be like that because you know they're they're trying to have a kid now and so they're just like thinking about every every time they see a baby or parenting they start thinking about how they would do it and they're like, oh, yeah, it would be easy to name a baby. And Marshall wants to name their baby. Well, they're looking at this baby and trying to name it. And Marshall sees Emily. And Lily sees Lisa, which I feel like is such a, like, 90s name. <laughs> like, it sounds like a middle-aged woman, Lisa. I feel like Emily always sounds like it could be, like, a little baby. But Lisa does not. So I don't know. I don't know what she was thinking there. 
But anyway, this episode is going to be about baby names and baby genders slash sex. Marshall comes into the bar in the first scene with baby names, um, most of which are black basketball players. And Lily also has a list, but it's more of a list of deal breakers. And it happens to be all little boys that have drove her nuts as a kindergarten teacher. Um, I would say I have a few of those from working in a school. Um, One specifically is Grayson. He was way too young for me to have like a vendetta against him, but he knows what he did. So I would never fucking name my kid Grayson. Sorry if anyone's kid is named Grayson. It's a wonderful name, just not for me. Um, so yeah, so Lily wants a girl. Marshall wants a boy. Blah, 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 blah. We do, however, in this scene, get an amazing flashback to season one, to the pilot. And we find out how Lily got the purple handprint on her shirt. And it was a little boy named Rob giving her the old honka honka. Uh, There's also Jeremy. And if you don't know what that reference is with Jeremy, no, it's from the Pearl Jam song and music video, Jeremy. And that's why she says this is so derivative, Um, which I didn't know the first time I watched it. It wasn't until later that I, put two and two together. So um, I'm not a huge Pearl Jam fan, but when I found out Pearl Jam had a song named Jeremy, I was like, ah, it makes sense now. Meanwhile, Robin is having a tough time at work because of her new co-worker, Becky, whom we all love. So, I mean, this episode is like, whatever, but we get Becky and that's, we get Becky and we get Stuart and Claudia. So shout out to that, to that happening to break up the rest of it. Um, And everyone at work loves Becky because she's like the opposite of Robin. She's like the antithesis of Scherbatsky. She's very bubbly and sweet and positive and um, easy to love, which sometimes Robin is not, at least for men, right? And we learn that Becky has a propensity to use a baby voice. Like when she's doing the news and says, I love horsies. But then the horsey died. Um, Even Ted loves Becky. He watched. Because obviously the only way any of them ever watch Robin's show is when she forces them to. And so. Robin forced Ted to watch. And he was completely charmed by Becky and her stupid little baby voice. Robin's trying to figure out why. This is happening and Barney breaks it down to the who's your daddy trope. I do love this episode for breaking down how gross that is and how, you know, it sort of plays into like an incesty situation. So uh, that's good. And it it Marshall kind of skirts and he's like, no, 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 it's funny. But now they're trying for a kid. So I think he's realizing the actual context of it a little bit more. And it's not as funny anymore. Um, And of course, Barney's mission this episode 
is to prove that the opposite is also true. That talking like a little boy is also sexy. And so he heads off to do his, to do his thing. What I love is that one of the names that, one of the names that Lily really likes is Tara for a little girl. And that was the name of her love interest on Buffy. So, I mean, that has to be, that has to be intentional. I'm calling it is intentional. And then um, we see why that name is a deal breaker for Marshall, because she was the hottest girl in school, <clears throat> which like, why is that a deal breaker? I guess you don't want your daughter to be the hottest girl in school, right? Because you don't want her to be like preyed upon. Um, but obviously this episode has so much like gender stuff, like Marshall's just very guilty of thinking that raising a girl is so much harder because you have to protect their sexuality at every turn. Um, but like uh, boys can be out spraying their stuff everywhere too. Anyway, another great part of this episode is Marshall <laughs> in high school with his boys to men cover group. Oh, sorry guys. His boys to men group when he has the fucking the rat tail and the socks and the does he have suspenders? He has the cane. And it's like, oh God, it's just so good. It's such a good, a good moment. Um, oh, and also the Timberlands, the the Tims, the shoes. Another name Lily really likes is Esther, who happens to have been a stripper, um, who did some really crazy stuff not just stripping and we see the uh the birth of one of the best hymnium gifts gifs of all time which is the confetti one and i feel like i forgot the full context of that i use that i use that gif all the time and i think i forgot the full context which is that the confetti is shooting out of a woman's vagina allegedly so yeah, Barney does, I mean, Marshall doesn't even think about having a girl. He really doesn't want one because he's worried she will end up, basically she'll end up being um, taken advantage of by someone like Barney, which makes sense because they're around Barney a lot and see what he does to girls, especially younger girls. Uh, so we get this flash, this nightmare flash forward of Barney with his, his frozen face and his creepy wig. Uh, dating and marrying his his daughter so next scene we see marshall and his sweet little parents um on video chat and marshall is talking to them about being scared of having a daughter but of course the ericsons don't know anything about that because they had all boys and it turns out that that's not a coincidence sorry they are mowing it seems like my lawn right now just one second. We'll just, we'll just let this pass. It really feels like they're on my property mowing right now. Anyway. Okay. So it turns out that's not a, it's not a coincidence that there have been no, no girls born into the Erickson family. I swear to God, they're mowing my lawn right now.
This episode is chaos, but the episode is getting done, and that's what's important. So Marshall's dad reveals all of these secret traditions for how to have a boy. And, I mean, it's a whole thing online of how to have a girl versus how to have a boy, right? There's, like, everyone has their methods. It's all bullshit. Um, there is something that gives you a little bit of an edge, I will say, based on, like, Liz and I, like, looking into having kids. Because I want to have a girl, um, if we even do it. I mean, everything has been so crazy and terrible, specifically about children. Um, I think my niece getting sick really scared the fuck out of us and we've kind of stopped trying. Um, neither of us are upset about it. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and then my own health and mental health, like physical and mental health stuff. Like, I don't want to feel anxious the entire time I'm pregnant. Um, so we've kind of just tabled it for right now if anyone cared about an update. Um, okay. But yeah. So in our, in our research, I was like, is there a way to have a girl instead of a boy? And really that came out of looking around and seeing that all of my lesbian friends who had done, um, insemination had boys. And I was like, does insemination more is make it more likely you'll have a boy. And I looked it up and kind of, yeah, depending on how you do it, because the closer you get to the egg and ovulation, the more likely it is you will have a boy because the boy sperm swim faster, but the girl sper sperm live longer. So if you want to have a boy, allegedly you should have sex like as soon as you ovulate, like bam, have sex closer to then. Or get the stuff way up in there so it's closer to the egg. and Because the boy sperm is going to win in the foot race. Uh, if you want a girl, give it a little more time because the boy sperm die off more quickly. It's, it's like a 1% difference. But I will say the only friends I know that didn't do like... Because there's, there's two kinds of insemination. This is probably a lot for this. But there's intracervical, which is just like you shoot it in like, like, um, if you were just having sex insemination. And then there's intrauterine where they go all the way up. The only friends I know who had a girl did the ICI. They didn't shoot it all the way up and they had two girls. So I think it's right. Um, anyway, so it turns out the Viking age, he gives like this whole like Viking age thing about how to have a, how to have a boy. Um, Back on the news, no one cares what Robin's talking about because Becky went on a date and a really nice guy showed her around the city. Turns out that nice guy was Ted. And we get a great Robin line of, later today, a Manhattan architect gets punched in the throat. And this is also the start of Robin's uh, costuming being a little more menswear inspired. And it is like, the sweet spot. So we got, I think she has like a vest in this scene. So we start to see like these pieces working their way in and it's, it's just going to be great. Robin is on the up and up now um, in season six. So it turns out Becky came over with cookies for Robin uh, and was acting like a little girl, all scared of a spider. And 
it gave Ted the chance to be the big, strong guy that we know he isn't. But he was charmed nonetheless. Um, and it reminded me. Why did it remind me of that? I put down the Keep This Between Us documentary. Let me just look that up for a second because I took these notes a long time ago. What was this one about? Oh, 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 oh. It was about, um, so Keep This Between Us is a documentary about um, this girl reexamining like this inappropriate relationship she had with her high school teacher. And, um, yeah, I think it's just, I think I must've just been thinking about like the same dynamic of like feeling needed and like going after younger girls. And like, there's just guys that do that all the time. Um, and I'm glad that Ted is not usually like that, but clearly he's, he's going through something. Right. Um, and he needs to stop. So. Barney is striking out, talking like a little boy, as we figured he might. Um, he has he has forfeited the challenge, but we know that's not the end. Um, and Robin doesn't understand why Ted is being like this. He's usually not attracted to helpless women, women who act like helpless little girls. And Ted says something gross, which is that she makes him feel needed. And it's nice to feel needed. And it's, that's not a feeling guys get when they're with you, which is like just mean and not necessary and gross. Uh, but we get this flashback to all the reasons Ted didn't like Robin taking charge, which was flipping him in sex, protecting him in the house, paying for things. As a lesbian, I was like, yeah. I love that vibe. I love that you've got this. And it's like, why? There seems to be such like a narrow expectation for how women can be attractive in, in a heteronormative relationship. And it's such a disservice because women contain multitudes and they're so hot when they're taking charge. Like, this is how you know, like, the patriarchy and toxic masculinity also hurt men. Because they're missing out on, like, the power of women and, like, how beautiful it is. But enough of my lesbian, enough of my lesbian rant. Uh, rant. Oh, there's also this really gross chart about men dating younger women. Uh, specifically, it came about because of Leonardo DiCaprio never dating someone over 25. But Jeff Goldblum's chart is also pretty gross. So you can you can look those up. I mean, it's just like, it's like the hot crazy scale, but they get older. And like Matthew McConaughey said, you see their, their line on the chart going up and up and up. And then it's just this bar graph of like 18 to 20 year olds all along, even as they turn like 40, 50, 60. It's fucking gross. <sighs> anyway, in bed, uh, Marshall was skeptical, but now he's ready to listen to um, his dad because he doesn't want his daughter ending up pregnant <laughs> on stage at a strip club with Barney's baby. Um, he feels stupid 
but he goes for it. So they're about to have sex. He runs to the bathroom. Um, and while he's doing this, you know, Lily's doing her thing. So he's eating pickled herring, which is so gross, dunks his balls in ice, and then is told to point Lily due north. And the best part of this whole thing is him like shivering and holding up this really old compass, trying to figure out what way north is. Uh, and so he goes back into the room and he jumps into bed. And we get a great Lily line of, you're packing snowballs and your breath smells like a mermaid fart. That one always makes me laugh. But Lily can tell that he's facing her north because she has been trying to face south because she wants a girl. And there on the side of the bed is the baby fertilizer, the lemons. Um, and she clarifies which what we already knew, which is that all of her least favorite students have been boys. Um, and then... Marshall says, you're supposed to be the sane one, which is pretty perfect. Like, it's such a perfect um, encapsulation of, like, how women are expected to do everything um, and also to, like, know everything and understand everything. And, like, that's that's showing, like, the dichotomy, right? Because you have Ted being like, I need you to need me. But then you have Marshall being like, you're supposed to know everything and be like above all of this. So it's like you 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 can't win. You can't win as a woman sometimes. So Robin goes to see Barney, which is really interesting. Um, it's just an interesting choice. Like she's starting to feel so vulnerable and sad about um, about Becky. Becky's really making her question who she is, um, and how she is in relationships, which is insane. But it makes sense because Becky is not really a romantic competitor, but she's a she's a work competitor. And Becky's charm is affecting work. And so now she's starting to question everything about herself. And she goes to Barney's place and she asks him if he made her feel needed, if she made him feel needed. And he says, no, of course not. But for Barney, this is a good thing. He loves that about her. And that's like, that's where you kind of see like, oh, they did have something cool and it was different than her and Ted, right? Like for Ted, he like idealized Robin and their relationship was a lot about serving his own needs to some degree, at least at that point, you know, um, and sort of serving like the fantasy of who he was as well as what they were together. You know, he's like, he had, he wanted to be the protector and kept falling short of these expectations he created. But with Barney, he loves a strong woman. We know that Loretta is his mom, right? She was his mom and his dad. So he loved that Robin never needed him. And he was like, you are the least needy woman I've ever met. And that's a compliment. You're your own daddy and mommy and weird survivalist uncle. So their relationship didn't last long, but he gets Robin on a level. He gets and loves Robin on a different level from Ted uh, to some degree. Like they, they just, they're attracted to different things about her, which, but this feels like he's more attracted to her whole self. Right. Um, and <laughs> it's a beautiful touching scene, but of course that's broken by the fact that there is a crazy woman in an apron talking in a baby voice and it turns out Barney actually 
landed someone talking with the baby voice. And she even hit him with the, who's your mommy? So again, a very specific fetish going on, but she, you know, walked into McLaren's and the rest is history. And Robin gets to say, I got this one more time to get this lady out of here by picking up the samurai sword, which is great. So in the end, uh, Stuart and Claudia named their baby <laughs> and they name her Esther, you know, not after that prostitute, not prostitute, <laughs> not after the stripper, but it still triggers, uh, triggers Marshall's memory of that, that fateful day. And, you know, Lily and Marshall are back in bed and they have this discussion about, you know, like, this is all just like, all of this has been a, an attempt to, to feel like we have some kind of control, right? Because you don't know when the egg is going to stick. You don't know when any of that's going to happen. So you try, you try to control something you think you can, which you really, really can't, which is the sex of the baby. Um, and they decide maybe it's better if they come up with a, a gender neutral name that will work for either one. And the first one they both say is Jamie, which is really sweet. And I remember first watching this and getting really excited. I'm like, oh, my God, they named their baby. But then, of course, we know. Uh, smash cut to the next day, sometime in the future, when Lily gets a double handprint on the butt from a little boy named Jamie. We assume it's a little boy. So then we have this stinger of uh, Ted realizing he's being a fucking creep. He and Becky are in the park and she's got this like little baby doll dress on and knee socks. <coughs> and she's asking him or he's like tying her shoe while she's licking her ice cream. And he looks over and there's a literal dad doing the same thing to his little girl. And he's like, yeah, this is over. And he just walks away. So at least... At least we know that Ted has recognized that this is like a gross thing that he's doing and he's not going to do it anymore. <clears throat> but we still get Becky. So yay, Becky. Okay. That was Baby Talk. Um, like I said, it's like a merit episode for me. Uh, it's fine. We There's some fun parts, but the whole like little girl shit is is really gross. All right, let's get into legendary moments from our listeners. First up is Kalpesh, and Kalpesh says, For me, Becky is the star of this episode. The whole part is so stupid, but I must admit, Ted, I would too, I too would fall for it. As always, Barney trying hard to compete, complete his challenge is funny too. Honorable mention to Marshall and Lily's fight over baby names, but for me, my legendary moment is Boats, 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 a.k.a. Becky. Take care. Kalpesh. Yeah. Boats, boats, boats is coming, coming fast. Next up is Helena. Helena says the, this episode is meh. I agree. Not one I enjoy rewatching very much from the stigmatizing of sex work, the kink shaming from Ted, Barney and Robin, and the misogyny from just about everybody. This hasn't aged well. Uh, absolutely. But there are some funny parts. My legendary moment is probably Laura Bell Bundy as Becky. Becky is also um, on a show called, or she was on a show called 
um, Call Me Cat on Hulu. Um, I just saw her. I don't know if she's still on. She was a love interest, and I don't know if she got if she's still there. But she did great on that too. Uh, all right. Anyway, rewatching the season, I'm realizing it's going to be pretty difficult naming the top guest stars cameos. So true. And this season, because uh, there's some stiff competition, and I think Laura Bell is a definite contender. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Helena. Next up is Rebecca. And Rebecca says, my legendary moment from Baby Talk is the whole Marvin, how to make a baby boy, different steps. I love their relationship Marvin and Marshall have with one another. Yeah. And I will say um, their relationship, I mean, their relationship is great. And I love the way they weave Marvin into this season. Um, For those of us who have seen the whole season, it's just done in a very organic way. It's um, so you really, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more later, but <clears throat> there's that. This season's uh, events are also, I think a reason why I, I have felt sort of paralyzed about taping, but I'll, I mean, we can talk more about that when we get to the episodes that you guys know I'm talking about. Thank you, Rebecca. All right. Next up is Tish. Hey, ladies. Welcome back for a second time. Uh, I love that Stuart and Claudia came back around. I think my legmo has got to be the cliche moment close to the end when Marshall and Lily realize they have no control over things and they both just agree that they want a healthy baby. I also love the fact <clears throat> that one of the things that made Ted feel insecure in his and Robin's relationship is what Barney enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Tish. All right. Next up is Chris. And Chris says, this is not an episode I like very much because I hate stories about parents being obsessed with their kids' genders. Totally. Like gender reveal parties when the dad gets really mad that it's a girl makes me fucking sick. I hate it so much. I think gender reveal parties are stupid anyway, but that's just me. Um, I did like the B plot. It showed that Barney can be pretty good for Robin and that her self-sufficiency was a good thing. Speaking of the B plot, my legendary moment is Laura Bell Bundy. I think she is generally a fun actress and I just love how she throws herself into the ridiculousness of the Becky character. Totally. Uh, Possibly the best blonde ever on the show. Absolutely the best blonde. Well, I mean, I love Karen too, but you're not supposed to love Karen. Um, But yeah, Claudia is another great blonde. There are a couple good blondes, but if they're date if they're dating Ted, they're usually poison. Uh, the look she gives when Ted says spiders gotta gotta die so trees can grow, so trees can grow with her eyes fluttering cracks me up every time. Yeah, she did a great job. Thank you, Chris. All right, next up is Adam, and Adam says, "Hey, beautiful, your show, your show is so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> this is a fun episode, and I love how quirky it is. What do you think of the Erickson method to having boys? You guys know what I think." I actually wanted to have a little girl and I got one six years ago. Oh, that's so nice. My legendary moment is the Esther moment where Marshall is totally surprised by it all. All the props they did to make it happen must have been so fun. Well, hope you two are safe. Thank you, Adam. We are safe and we are mentally on the mend. Next one's from Lisa. Hi, ladies. Welcome back. I know I've missed you both. I've missed you guys too. Um, I hope you had a lovely summer. My legendary moment for this episode is Barney pointing out to Robin that she is still a badass woman, even though she doesn't need to feel needed. It shows us how femininity is not a definitive concept. Amen. And you don't have to be less valued because you have a different idea of independence and self than others. 
I have always resonated with this aspect of her character and I just love this moment. So good, Lisa. Thank you so much. Okay, next up is Carlin, and Carlin says, Hi there, K&K. Here's my legimo for baby talk. While I don't always find Himium's sex jokes all that entirely amusing, I have to give my legimo to the creative comedy in crafting those jokes. From objectifying Marshall's hypothetical future daughter with the catchiest song. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Marshall's daughter, your booty is so smooth. (laughs) So stupid. To Esther's performance of the Lusty Leopard. I think the differences in Barney and Marshall's reaction perfectly highlight the differences between the expectations and reality of that concept playing out in real time. Additionally, shout out to Marvin's baby girl fertilizer line and a long-awaited reappearance of Claudia and Stuart. Also, congratulations on your Carter Bay's interview. Oh, thank you, Carlin. I soaked up every minute watching the video interview, and I loved how Caitlin beamed, burst with excitement, and turned to her Kate... Anytime Carter said something important and meaningful. I know. I I noticed that too. It was so cute. It is. I was just like zoned. It is so special to see how much mutual respect is shared among the three of you with what you have done with this show. Looking forward to part two in the future with a Craig interview. Yes. I have to, I have to organize that with Craig. He does want to do it. Um, So that's really exciting. So thank you, Carlin. And last we have Jeff and Jeff says, Hi, K&K. I hope you are both well and that fall is treating you well so far. My legmo is Marshall's increasingly bad visions of the future if he has a daughter. Honorable mention to Barney being scared of the girl he picked up talking like a kid and Robin having to get rid of her. Um, I wish they had shown that part. (laughs) The interview with Carter was great. Oh, thank you, Jeff. And I look forward to what else is in store for the future. Best, Jeff. Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate that. Um... Okay, so Caitlin actually sent us a recording, and I will say um, that – is it already on here? I will say <clears throat> off the top that she mentions Liz in this because I was supposed to record this with Liz, but that didn't happen because, you know, life fell apart. So um, – I'll play her legendary moment. Hopefully you guys will be able to hear it okay. And then I'll share mine. Okay, everybody. It's Caitlin. Uh, I figured because I couldn't sit in on this episode, I might as well take a couple seconds and send in a legmo. First and foremost, shout out to Liz, who is just the best. She is. Thank you so much for sitting in for me while I take a selfish. Beginning of the school year is kind of crazy and also unsick. So where's that? Anyway, my ledge mode for baby talk has to be um, the way I really resonated with Lily's struggle for names. Um, working in education, mm-hmm. I can tell you many names are ruined. <laughs> and mm-hmm. also some names that are surprisingly um, turned around for you. But for the most part, um, a large majority of names are going to be ruined. So it's always really, really tricky when any of my teacher friends have a baby because um, – there's always going to be someone who had that kid with that name and it was just, you know, it was a Jamie or a Rob or any of those other names that Lily said. So yeah, my legmo is definitely that storyline with names being ruined. Also, names are really hard. I was yeah. grateful that I knew Jack was going to be Jack and that was that. Mm-hmm. Also, I wouldn't really allow his dad to have a say. So 
anyway, uh, can't wait to see you guys all next week. And also, I'm very excited to listen to this episode because next Liz week. always brings something to the table that, you know, only she can do. So, yeah, see you guys next week. Thank you, Caitlin. It has not been a week. It has been a fucking month. So sorry, everybody. This is, you guys are seeing my shame right now of putting everything off until I am just completely crushed by it. So um, thank you, Caitlin. Uh, yeah, names are, no, names are tough. Like uh, Liz and I have lists and there are very few that are in common. But like I said, I don't even know if we're going to have kids. And again, it's literally, it's just like the economy. It's the planet's dying. Um, and I don't know. I, yeah, it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. So we'll see if I start feeling better, maybe we'll get back to it, but that's it for now. Um, my legendary moment. Oh, there's so, there's so many good ones. I feel like someone had one that was um, pretty good, but I think, you know what? I think I'm going to give it to Marvin. I'm going to give it to Mr. Erickson and his whole, his whole spiel about making a baby boy. Uh, it's just so silly and he's so good. And, and the actor, I mean, he just really commits to this, to this role. So that is, that is my pick. <clears throat> so thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for your patience and your concern over the past months. Um, yeah, things are getting better slowly but surely feeling more like myself. Uh, and I think getting back into the routine is going to be really helpful. So thank you everybody. Send in your legendary moments this weekend for canning Randy and we will see you next time. We hope you'll come back next episode because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your host, Kate. And our intro-outro music is by Owl All. Bye, everybody.